So I wanted to present an Instagram post that reminded me a little bit of a conversation we were having during the last podcast. Okay. So it's not it's not a picture. It's it's a screenshot of a conversation. Okay. So this is what I it's been a hot minute since I've been in the dating app game, but I think this is a Tinder conversation. Okay. And it starts with presumably a man and we're going to assume it's a woman on the other end. Okay. And the man says Redacted, I'm assuming it's the person's name. I'm an outsider, but I don't enjoy Shrek. And the girl says, can't believe this. And he says, it's just not very enjoyable. There are much better films. And she says, okay, true. And then he says, please tell me you've watched Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Oh, God. No, I actually think we should jump right into it because I have five pages of notes on Get Out. Five pages. Five pages. Well, see. in comparison, I normally One, I normally aim for about three two, pages. Three. I have five. Four. I have seven. I had a lot of thoughts about this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the movie we're covering today, or we're going to talk about today, is Get Out. Um, and I wanted to say that I have like. So, I used to work at a movie theater. I don't know if you know it. The benefits that we had there were honestly great. Like, out of any job that I've had, they've been the best. And we got to, for big movies, it was typically... It was typically Marvel, Star Wars, Disney movies, or, like, highly anticipated movies. Films. We would, or if enough people, like, requested to, like, they really wanted to see it. So we would get an employee screening. And so a lot of places don't really do, like, the midnight showings anymore. Like, the Thursday, Friday at, like, midnight showings. They don't really do that anymore. I don't think there's very rarely any movie theaters that do it. Uh, So you typically, what you see nowadays is you'll have, like, an They'll start at like maybe like seven or eight on Thursday, and then you'll have like a few showings, and then they it premieres on Friday. So our employee screenings would be once all of the other like movies have pretty much gotten out for the night, we'd come back at like midnight for the employee screening. We'd have this huge theater to watch it, and it would just be all of the people you work with, and you'd get out at like two to three a.m and it would be on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week, typically. And I distinctly remember going to the employee screening of Get Out. And there are several times that, like, I loved going to employee screenings because you would be in this huge theater that seats 200 people where it would only be typically, like, maybe 50 of you. And it was all people you knew and you worked with, so you could, you didn't feel like you couldn't scream or certain mm-hmm. times you could be like, oh, fuck you, dude, you know? Yeah. And it was fun. And I distinctly fun. remember going to this one and it being really fun and everyone having, like, pretty fun reactions to it. Yeah. I think a horror movie in a private theater with all of your coworkers that you typically enjoy 
it's a great experience and i hope that everyone else can enjoy it someday because it was pretty fun so should we start yeah i i also think i i don't know you can cut this out later if you want to this might just be my i'm just gonna cut out every single thing that you say thank you (laughs) no i was just gonna say this might just be the fact that i live in constant fear of being canceled on the internet but i just thought i think i am assuming among the horror community get out is fairly well known but just in case like i i think it's fair to like trigger warning this one a little bit that there's some like fairly rough racial violence and Mm -hmm. also just i think it's fair to say that we're two white girls (laughs) for this one we're two white people Um, in case that wasn't we're blaringly obvious yeah we're not going to really we don't know what we're talking about we're commenting on the horror part of it but yeah. normally i wouldn't i think i think if i think if you turn on a horror podcast it's a fair bet there's going to be some maybe disturbing things that we talk about but this one actually like there are scenes that uh, make me uncomfortable and i i think it's just fair to trigger warning that yeah. before we start so yeah um so yeah episode seven get out released in 2017 it is directed by the one and only Jordan Peele. Amazing. Who I, I think is probably one of my favorite directors at this point. I think point he's a genius. I'm not, even, I'm not even big on directors. I don't pay a lot of attention to who directs what, but I mm-hmm. love Jordan Peele. I think my favorites would be Christopher Nolan because I love a good drama and like suspense thriller type deal. And then now very much so Jordan Peele. Um and we haven't even seen Nope yet, and that's his I know, newest one. I know, I know. Maybe next. we have to do that. Um, his directional debut, Jordan Peele. Um, I wrote a lot of these names, and I think there are some people that I forgot. I think um, the the guy who plays Rod, I don't think I have on this list, and I think Rod should have been added onto this list. But uh, this movie is starring Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya who plays um, Chris, Allison Williams, who is Rose, Bradley Whitford, Caleb Landry Jones, Stephen Root, and the one and only Catherine Keener. Uh, On IMDb, it was given a 7.7. And on Rotten Tomatoes, this was one of those movies that was certified fresh. It had a 100% rating on on Rotten Tomatoes for quite some time. And then I think after a few weeks, it dropped down to like 99. And now... Uh, ever since I think it's just holding steady at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And then my new question that I like because you have no, absolutely no idea. How much do you think that this movie made in the box office? Oh. One of these days you're going to guess it right. Okay. Um, Don't look. 14 million. Holy shit. No. <laughs> 255.4 million dollars. Jesus. That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, fair though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just don't know how much money movies make. I know. I thought fourteen million was a lot. Well, now so. you just need to have it in your little okay, brain. Okay. <laughs> don't call my brain little. <laughs> that Get Out made two hundred and fifty-five point four million dollars in okay. the box office. Okay. So I have some like beginner fun facts, I guess. Okay. Uh, so this actually won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. for writing best writing original screenplay yeah that tracks jordan peele won that um also another fun fact daniel kaluuya plays chris he actually got the role right on the spot 
they did five takes of a very key role and I don't uh the source that I found this from didn't say the key role but from this next little bit I think it's probably when he's getting hypnotized for the first time mm-hmm. um they did five takes of that very key role of him being hypnotized mm. and that he had a single tear fall from his eye every single time at the very exact moment that it needed to happen that's for ev- for each of the five takes that's talent so he got the role on the spot yeah. <laughs> uh jordan peele is the first black writer producer and director to earn more than a hundred million dollars in the debut film nice so that is amazing cool and then lastly not the last one fact i have i have a lot the last one for the, the you know the intro mm-hmm. this movie was filmed in 23 days jeez yeah i could see that i could see that but but i feel like yeah. a lot of typical like directional debut movies or like even like indie or indie movies even though mm-hmm. i don't think this one is considered an indie um they're usually filmed like with it like they have a, a yeah. tight turnaround yeah all right, Google suggested questions. You ready? Oh, God. Is the coagula real? <laughs> um, close, actually. So um, first, why is Get Out so good? Which, I mean, fair question. Yeah. Interesting question to Google, mm-hmm. but fair. Um, is Get Out a comedy? Hmm. No. I mean, there's some, there's some comedic relief. Mm-hmm. And lastly, is Get Out a true story? I certainly fucking hope not. I really hope. I mean, to some people it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, no, I mean, not the exact story, though. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm, I'm assuming the question is asking if the actual story is based in truth, which I'm assuming it's not. Yeah. Well, all right. So we open with this man. He's walking down the street. He's talking on the phone, mm-hmm. saying he doesn't feel comfortable. He doesn't belong in this white suburb. Um, he's lost. And a car starts following him. Does a U-turn. Yeah, starts blatantly following him, Mm -hmm. which, and he starts freaking out, which this is realistic horror. This is what I imagine happening to me when I'm running alone in the neighborhood. Yeah. This is, I would also freak out. Um, Someone jumps out and attacks him. So yeah, he tries his hardest to not get abducted. He does, I think, pretty much all you can do without just sprinting away. Yeah, and and someone kind of jumps out of from nowhere and attacks him. Has a weird like old Knights of the Templar sort of mm-hmm. helmet. Chokes him and drags him into the car. Throws um, him in the trunk. And now then we just cut to another scene entirely. And I have to say, I had seen this movie already, but I am getting a little bit tired of the opening scenes that have absolutely zero context until much later on in the movie. Because mm. my brain is too small for that. I get really confused. Because I'm like, I was, just, I was just watching this, and I was just invested in it, and now there's another scene with completely different characters. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're, your brain's a little too smooth. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Um... We meet our um, protagonist, Christopher. Mm-hmm. He's shaving his face with the cheapest razor ever. Yeah, it's but like his a house, one. Day. His house, a, his is, house really nice. is vibey. It's Very nice. nice. You get the sense that he's into like art, 
And then a little bit later, we find out that he's a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be a pretty successful one. That's a really nice apartment. Yeah. And we find out he's dating Rose. She comes over to A white apartment. woman. Mm-hmm. And Chris is packing his bag, and we find out that they're getting ready for Chris to go meet Rose's family for the mm-hmm. first time. And Chris is worried because Rose's family does not know that he is black. Well, he asks her mm-hmm. straight up, like, mm-hmm. hey, have you told them that I'm black? She says, no. She's like, should I? My parents are cool. Mm-hmm. She's like, don't worry, they're not racist. So, mm-hmm. problem solved. And that's and the movie ends. Yeah, they're, the they're end. not racist. Everything's fine. She um, does say that she's like, you know what? My dad's probably just going to be my dad, like any other dad. He's going to make weird jokes. He's going to be annoying. He's going to be overbearing. But other than that, they're normal people. They voted for Obama. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Then we kind of cut to them being in the car. And um, Chris takes out a pack of cigarettes. He's he's about to smoke one, and Rose throws them out the window, which is kind of rude, but... Um... Don't smoke in someone else's car. That's <laughs> fucked up. If you pulled out a cigarette in my car, I'd probably take the whole pack and throw it out the window. Well, I don't smoke, so lucky for you. If um, anyone did that. Chris's friend Rod calls... And he's complaining about his job at the TSA of all damn places. The TS motherfucking A. I hate the TSA, but, <laughs> but I love Rod. Rod is a great um, character. Rod is the only acceptable member of the TSA. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite character. He's, mm-hmm. oh, he's great. Um, he's watching his uh, Chris's dog, Sid, for mm-hmm. the weekend. And Sid seems pretty cool. Sid has IBS. Same. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rod tells Chris that he should not be going to this white woman's parents' house. Yeah, Rod, Rod From the not. jump, he's like, do not do this. Yeah. You're stupid. Um, and, and then a deer flies into the window. Literally flies. <laughs> Comes flies <from> out of <laughs> into the and, windshield. Um, Rose is immediately like, are you okay? Which, um, yes, but the deer fucking isn't. Yeah. Um, also, I do have a fun fact here. Okay. Uh, Jordan Peele is the one making the made the noise of the, the deer. Okay. The deer okay. noises are is Jordan Peele making that those noises. That is interesting. Noises. I don't know how much of them are his in his alone. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, so Chris gets out of the car. He's a good guy. Um, he hears the deer. He goes out to investigate. The deer is very much not okay, as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they call the cops, which um, isn't a smart move. The, the cop is sort of rude about it. He's like, next time call animal control, which is a little unnecessary, but he's also kind of right. You don't call the cops for... Um, well, also, I don't understand if you called the cops and you told them, hey, um, I hit a deer... They would tell you, hey, call these people. I would hope that dispatch would not right. actually send an officer Maybe unless they, they needed would in to a small be town. One. Well, so as you know, my uh, my second mom, Rochelle, if she ever listens to this, shout out Rochelle, used to be a 911 dispatcher. And she has a lot of really good stories about people who called 911, not for deer, but well, maybe for deer, I don't know, but people calling 911 for reasons that you absolutely oh, should yeah, not call 911 yeah. for. And the very first call she ever took was a man who called because the ice cream truck was too loud yeah i think she i was she's told me that one 
Why are yeah. you, why are you gonna call nine one one? But this is the same vibes, right? You don't yeah. call it you don't call nine one one because you hit a deer. But we get it, they're panicked, they're a little stressed, and the cop was also, kind it's of kinda like you hit it with rude. your car, it's on the kind of like maybe it's a highway of some sort you don't know yeah like obviously they've never really hit a deer before so what do you do so that's fair it's Um, better it's better to call 911 and not really need them then that's what i think you know yeah Yeah, you should have a low threshold of when you should call that's what i i agree just don't um call 911 if the ice cream truck is too loud that's not appropriate but so the officer kind of in a like pretty nonchalant sort of way wants to see chris's id mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense to me no it's just that's just racism there's no reason why you yeah. need his id and um, rose kind of calls this officer out on the bullshit being like hey uh why do you need to see his id right and so i will say here this is i i think what they were trying maybe to do was that this is like a badass move on rose's part but i i will say my understanding and i'm pretty sure everyone knows that you don't argue with cops regardless of race and i don't mean that in a in a blue stripe flag kind of way i just mean you just don't do it i think i think now after how much we've seen related to cops and them just typically showing the us that they're pretty much on a basic level terrible Mm -hmm. and even more terrible for people of color i think that at the time it wasn't really that way where white people and i mean still and even still white people can get get away with a lot of shit white people can get away with arguing with a cop and then walk away i still wouldn't i wouldn't argue with a cop i'd be too scared but well that's um, yeah but But another thing is that i at this point I don't think Rose is doing this for the sole purpose of her standing up for Chris. Mm-hmm. I think she's doing this for the purpose, main purpose of there not being a paper trail that Chris was with her. Yeah, that makes sense. Because then yeah. if the cop does take an ID, they will write the name down. Yeah. There'll be a paper trail that he was no, there. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, but Rose has proven herself to be the ultimate anti-racist queen. Um, Chris is like, that's hot. Yay, Rose. Um, But, so they... They get to the house. Yeah, they pull up to this gorgeous house. um, And the parents greet them. They seem very friendly. They, They do zoom out a bit, though, and we see this very ominous guy just kind of standing there. The groundskeeper just Mm -hmm. staring. And they're, they're joking around. They're having a nice time. They tell Rose's parents that they hit a deer on the way over, and the dad is, like, on one. He's making a ton of jokes. He's, like, an off-duty comedian. He's he keeps like, saying, deer suck. He keeps oh saying, God. he keeps saying, my man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I think at some point uh, we find out that dad's name is Dean. Mm-hmm. The mom's name is Missy. Missy. Missy, I think, says frucking. Yeah, they're just saying weird things. Instead of fucking, she yeah. says fruck. Weird. Yeah. Um, I make a note that the dad is annoying. He also says... <laughs> yeah, he is annoying. He says that... T- I think this is like a typical white dad thing. That I think my, this is something my dad would say. Where he goes like, this is where the garbage is. Yeah. You know, like where they say tarjay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the, the garbage. 
And but he seems like an okay guy off the bat. Yeah, he, he seem... just he seems like a dad. Yeah. It seems like a typical sort of like weird goofy dad with a very underlying base layer of like racism. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Missy is a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. We also see some pictures of Rose's brother Jeremy who is going to be joining the family later. And is studying to be in the medical field. Mm-hmm. And we also meet Georgina. Who is just standing in the kitchen, and it's immediately awkward, mm-hmm. just immediately, because she is a black woman who is just standing in the kitchen, like a little servant, and it's very, it's just immediately strange and awkward. Yeah, and it's the dad kind of points that out. He's like, yeah, I know he, what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, this is awkward, um, but don't worry, Georgina and Walter were hired to take care of my parents, and now that they've died, I, we just can't bear to let them go. Mm-hmm. Which is not, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's still not really okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, at this it's point, weird. it's weird. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. Um, and then he makes the famous Obama comment. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, it's all good because Obama rocks. So, yeah. And he's like, I, 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 if I could have, I would have <sighs> voted him for a third term. Wouldn't we all? Yeah. Wouldn't we all? Um, we find out Chris's parents are not around. Dad is not in the picture and mom is dead, which Chris and I have something in common. But his mom died in the hit and run. Yeah. Um, but... Chris and I have a lot in common, and we will get to that later. And I will say I like Chris a lot. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, I like Chris, Chris is, a lot. He's a good guy. I feel like he's also very naive. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have your main character in the horror story. Be a little bit naive mm-hmm. to go to this house when, like, his friend Rod is being mm-hmm. like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Like, and he did it but he also is a little based in reality where when things are off they're off and he Mm -hmm. doesn't he's not afraid to say it and he's not in the mo like when we see later on he's not afraid to get the fuck out yeah you know no i love chris i think i think he's i think he's smart i think he's nice i think he's um i i i love him i Mm want to marry him i feel like he would keep me safe yeah um they're sitting at the table having some iced tea and chris is very obviously jonesing for sig mm-hmm. and so the dad is like oh you sh-, it, dean is like oh you should have my wife hypnotize you you should have missy Which take a look at that i have been hypnotized and i am i'm willing to say on the pod right now that it does in fact work what did you get hypnotized for uh, headaches and it did work it didn't work forever but it, it yeah worked. you're supposed to do that period like yeah it didn't work forever I was about 20 I think mm-hmm. and it it didn't or no probably like 19 19 or 20 um and it it did not stick forever but it did stick for quite some time and and I will say and I I will swear up and down I was having not only headaches but migraines ev- almost and every hypnotism day. fixed it yes and i it was actually past life regression to be exact um and i'm willing to come out on the pod as a um hypnotism truther i fully believe that it works and because let me tell you i think i've told you this um hopefully i've told you this but 
Um, oh, God. <laughs> no, because I – so I was, I was around 19 or 20. I was getting really, really bad tension, anxiety, stress, migraines, and headaches. Like mm-hmm. almost – Almost like you know the ones that I get that are literally unbearable. Yeah. And I get those like maybe like every other month or something like mm-hmm. that. Like not very frequently yeah. anymore. Um, but I was getting those probably four times a week easily, maybe more. And then the other days I was still having just regular headaches. So I was basically in pain all the time. And I tried everything. I had tried. Were my- you? I sorry. Mm-hmm. What were you recommended by like a doctor to do this, or was like your mom found it or something? Um, I can't remember. No, I wasn't recommended by a doctor. Um, I can't remember exactly. It was either it was like my mom's and my idea. I think mm-hmm. combined. I think or we like, like I think we like yeah. It was like a combined idea. Mm-hmm. But I had tried everything and when I tell you everything I I literally I had been to the doctor I had been I had medication I had done like the regular over-the-counter etc and I tried Advil and Aleve and Tylenol and all the different brand names and I was using like the wraps that go around your head and the cool rags and I was like if my mom were here she would tell you I would I would be like I was 19 and I would be laying on the couch crying and she'd be like putting cold rags over my eyes because I well, couldn't pull out the Ouija let's see if she can confirm or deny yeah (laughs) no because call you out on your bullshit everything I tried CBD I tried everything everything Mm -hmm. and I went I had a hypnotism session I think it was it was maybe like an hour and a half two hours long no headaches I had not a single headache for probably six months or so and then they they came back little by little and now I don't get them like I got them before I get them occasionally but I bet if I went back again it would it it would go away again yeah I bet. well that's the thing is that like I've said to you multiple times and I've said to other people that the mind is a very strong thing and it can pretty yeah. much do anything to you yeah and I think hypnotism, in order for it to work, you have to be open to it. Yeah, You agreed. have to allow it to work. Mm-hmm. So that's why for some people it works, some people it doesn't. Yeah, agree. And and I, I really, think- I've never been hypnotized. <laughs> I would love to try it and I really hope it would work because I think a lot of people, like, I think it's a common thing for people to get hypnotized to deal with trauma. Mm-hmm. I've heard it for like different circumstances. To break a bad habit, like smoking or biting your nails. Mm-hmm to uh deal with past life or past trauma Mm -hmm. or for like true crime things yeah and i i mean and i'll i'll uh, there's another there's a big hypnotism scene that i wanted there's some other stuff i want to say about hypnotism but i will say that i agree with you i think you have to believe in it for it to work and I also said, like, I'm, uh, like, I, like right, I wear a tinfoil hat. I believe in a lot of things that a lot of people don't believe in. But I, I said after I had this hypnotism session, I said, I truly, honestly, I don't care. I don't care if it was, I don't care if it was God. I don't care if it was spirit. I don't care if it was the demon that lives in hell. Like, I, I don't care if it was just me in my head. I don't care what it was. It worked because I don't have headaches anymore you know like I and I'm not necessarily saying right that like an angel came down and blessed me with whatever I just think it's really cool that however it happened it worked you know however however it it worked Mm -hmm. so it it doesn't matter how yeah and I think that's super cool um but anyway um 
Georgina is filling up their iced tea cups as she kind of short circuits. Having, yeah, she, she well, she zones out, um, and and she spills a little bit of the iced tea, and um, the mom is she's like, why don't you go get some rest? But the, she the acts tone like is with like, like attitude. Yeah, the tone is like, why don't you get out of here? Mm-hmm. Get the fuck <laughs> out of my face, Georgina. And then Jeremy shows up, and he is just a tool. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. He's wearing red pants. He's, and it's not nice to judge people off of their looks, but this man is not appealing. No. He's just not. I really do like the actor. I mm-hmm. think he's great. No, I just mean I, like the way they dress Yeah, him. no, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he's great, and I mean, in any of the movies that I've seen him in, he's always had kind of like that Mississippi Southern mm-hmm. sort of drawl to him, and or like Missouri sort of area, and I yeah. And I haven't seen anything of him outside of movie, like movies and acting with his like natural speaking voice, but I hope it still has that drawl to it because I just think it's so good. Yeah, well, I haven't, I, I didn't Google any pictures of him or anything, but I think he's actually probably a very handsome man. But the way they style him in this movie is just... It, his hair is a mess. <laughs> he, his... He just looks He's weird. disheveled. Yeah, he, he looks like his, he's high. His attitude. He just has a bad attitude. He comes which off as like help. drunk. They're so. they're at the dinner table and Jeremy is just being weird. And I think Chris might be mildly amused by Jeremy's weird comments, but he's just annoying. Well, he's kind of telling embarrassing stories about Rose. Yeah. One, I, mean, I was very disturbed by it. He said that Rose used to bite off her toenails suck on them and then put them in a little jewelry box to keep yeah, them that's concerning. it's like that's fucking disgusting yeah that's weird i don't know what the other story is i don't even know if i got to finish it because i was still being like that's disgusting rose oh my god um but jeremy's kind of oh that about... she bit someone's tongue off yeah yeah or like bit it hard mm-hmm. enough and jeremy's kind of talking about um like MMA fighting and he's asking Chris if he's into it Mm -hmm. um and he wants to demonstrate Missy is like no karate at the dinner table yeah uh Chris thinks that MMA and everything is too violent too brutal he did take judo Mm -hmm. though and I also this is when I noticed that it looks like Jeremy has a black eye oh like a very faint black eye and like Mm -hmm. a little cut on the side Mm -hmm. of his face that I don't think is usually there um but you find out Chris did judo, but Jeremy likes jujitsu because it's all about strategy. It's like chess. You have to think three steps ahead of your opponent. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kind of starts to get up and he's like, hey, I, I, let me just show you something. Let me just show you a move. And he basically puts Chris in like, or is it attempting to put Chris in a headlock mm-hmm. when Missy kind of you get this this is the time that you kind of get the sense that missy's like the definite like matriarch of the house in the sense that she in a very like low tone is like jeremy stop yeah and he immediately stops and he kind of like slunks away like with a little like a little puppy with his tail between his legs being like we're gonna hurt him Mm -hmm. and later rose and chris are getting ready for bed and rose is kind of bitching about them she's like having an epiphany that her family is racist yeah um and chris is like well i told you so yeah chris can't sleep um he's kind of thinking a lot thinking a lot about the deer 
he but he gets up and he's sort of wandering around which is not something i would personally choose to do i don't think he's wandering around i think he needs to go outside to smoke yeah 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 um there's a, yeah and there's a weird like random jump scare of georgina oh my in the God. hallway jesus christ <laughs> you didn't like that scared the shit out of me <laughs> um he gets outside, he's lighting a cigarette, and this is when we get the infamous... Walter comes charging at him, Just... which, this is, I'm, I imagine, this is what I look like when I'm running, when I'm out running, um, but he comes charging at him, he turns, though, at the last second. It's that get out challenge. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you, you, you saw that when that was a thing? Yeah. The get out challenge? Um, Georgina's, like, standing in the window being weird. We, it, something is definitely off. We know something is off at mm-hmm. this point. We just don't know what. Um, but anyway, he comes inside, and Missy is sitting there. She turns on the light. It's like that scene where it's like, where where have you been? Yeah. You know, where, like, like the teenager comes where home. Where have you been yeah. all night? It is. Do you know what time it is? Um, she's like, do you know how dangerous smoking is? Um, yeah. And she invites him to sit down, which he mm-hmm. does. Chris is a very likable guy. I mm-hmm. feel like the average parent would like him a lot. Like, if my kid brought this guy He's very guy polite. Home, he's very presentable. Yeah. He's well-spoken. He's, he's friendly. You know, he's funny. Yeah. And he's, I love him. He's, you know, even though he's being put in these uncomfortable situations, he's riding he's, through it. He's being a good sport. And he's he's dealing with it. And the thing is, though, is that this is obviously something that he's... This isn't the first time he's experienced it, and it's probably not going to be the last, you know. It's, like, the reason why he's able to kind of get... He's not as disturbed by it as, like, Rose is, is because he's seen all these things multiple times before. Yeah. Because he knew that all this shit was going to happen because he's probably experienced it before, whereas Rose is like, oh, my God, can you Mm -hmm. believe my dad saying, my man, my man, my man, you know? But yeah, he's... I mean, he's great, though. It, like, if my kid brought this guy home, I'd be like, excellent, this is my new son. I think he's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Um, Missy is very concerned about the smoking, though, and she's like, are you smoking around my daughter? And, I don't know, she's, it seems a little over the top for me, but... Um, yeah, but you, I mean... I mean, smoking is not good she... for you, but it's a, it's kind of a lot. Yeah, but you find out later why she's being so pushy about the hypnotism. Right, of course. Because yeah. she needs to hypnotize him. Um, she starts clinking her teacup and asking him some kind of invasive questions about his mom dying and kind of starts to hypnotize him against his will, which, she... let me tell you, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. You cannot be hypnotized yeah, no. against... See, I, I will say this, and I believe this with my whole heart, you cannot be hypnotized unless you want to be 100% and anyone tells you different they're either a liar or they have no idea what they're talking about I believe that with my whole heart yeah but um um, he's sitting down in the chair Missy gets him in the chair she's doing the weird like circle swishing her silver spoon around and asks about his mom he says, I don't want to talk about that. Keeps on bringing it up anyways. I love a good dead mom content in movies. If this were me, I would take a seat and just openly share my trauma. Like, you, yeah. you don't have to hypnotize me. You kind of get the sense, though, that he isn't, hasn't really processed any of it, even though it happened yeah. when he was, like, mm-hmm. what, 11? Uh, he well, says she kind of puts him in that headspace. 
against his will, which is not really realistic. Yeah. But he was at home watching TV, waiting for his mom to come back home, and she was hit by a, a drunk driver, I think he mm-hmm. says, or hit by someone. Hit and run. Right. They don't know who did it, pretty well, much. And, and well, we, and we learn, which becomes important later, but we, we learn that he feels at fault for her death, which don't, he, don't we all? He... He didn't do he anything. didn't go looking for her. Exactly. He didn't call yeah. anyone. Mm-hmm. He just sat there and he watched TV. Yeah. And she asked him, why didn't you do anything? And he said something that I think almost every single person can relate to who has been through some sort of loss or traumatic experience that if he called, then it would be real. Mm-hmm. And he felt paralyzed. Yeah. And I definitely can relate to that because when my grandma passed away, I didn't want to tell anyone. Yeah. I told the people that needed to know. And after that, I was like, no. Because yeah. then the more people you tell, the more real it becomes. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like, it makes complete sense. And yeah. No, I, I think it's... And he was 11. You just yeah, kind of want to be it, like, Chris, clearly... you, you wish that Missy would be like, oh, honey, like, it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. And actually be some sort of therapist but we kind of get the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, and she says, now I want you to sink into the floor. Which he does. And he's like, wait, no, what? Mm-hmm. And she says, sink. And it does this weird, like, it was a really cool, like, weird voice effect. And he is now in the sunken place which is just kind of floating through space and he sees yeah. missy kind of far away like on a tv yeah and the sunken place is actually a mix of practical effects and cgi so it's like some parts of it are cgi the practical effects is kaluya um was attached to wires and a harness and suspended in front of a black screen and then they filmed him kind of doing that floating thing originally the sunken place was supposed to have a floor you were supposed to hit the bottom of the sunken place but then jordan peele kind of felt that it would be a little bit more like terrible if you're not like you're just constantly floating slash falling in this it kind of emphasizes the vastness and loneliness and that you don't have control over anything you know yeah, and, um, I mean, he just jumps awake yeah. in, in his bed all just, of a sudden. <gasps> it's morning, and he's back in bed. I guess he just accepts that it must have been a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see him out in the woods taking some pictures. He's a photographer. This mm-hmm. man is a catch. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got it all. But he, he sees Georgina just being weird again in the Admiring window of the house. Herself. She thinks she's so hot. Yeah, so he, he kind of starts spying on her through the camera. Yeah. Um, Walter is also being weird. He's chopping wood. He's very much so an old man. Yeah. He's not, he's <laughs> acting very weird. Yeah. And Chris approaches him and he kind of tries to make friendly conversation with him. But Walter's just like, it's great here. I love the Armitages. They're <laughs> great. But he's being strange. Like, he's saying weird things about Rose. He's just, he's weird. Mm-hmm. Um and then, and then he says, sorry about last night, my, my exercise. I didn't mean to scare you. Yeah. Like, sir, that was not exercise. He's just like, oh, you were in Mrs. Armitage's office for a long time last night. Um, so now Chris is, like, nervous because mm. it, it wasn't a dream. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so he tells Rose, he's like, your mom tried to hypnotize me. And she's like, oh, shit, yeah, sorry, she does that sometimes. And he was like, you know what, it's actually fine because I actually don't feel like smoking anymore. It worked. Which is, I guess, is nice. (laughs) She got him to stop smoking. (laughs) Fully, she could have done, right? And he kind of brings up the weird comments that Walter made about Rose, insinuates that maybe Walter likes Rose, Mm -hmm. and Rose is like, what the fuck? Like, no. Yeah. I don't like him. He doesn't like me. We kind of understand later on, you know, in in hindsight. Yeah. It makes more sense. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we start hearing cars approach, people getting out of cars. Mm-hmm. And you they look out the window and they see Walter, for some reason, <laughs> hugging and greeting everyone. Uh-huh. Which is very odd. Why would your groundskeeper be greeting everyone? He's just really friendly. Yeah, he's a friendly neighborhood um, groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. But yes, they're having a party. They're socializing with just a bunch of old white people, and they're being very racist. They're saying like "black is in fashion now." I love Tiger. Yeah, saying all this weird stuff. So Chris is and like, and then Excuse asking me. Rose straight up, "Is it better?" Yeah, ew, gross. Fucking nasty. Um. So Chris is like, "Excuse me, I'm gonna go take some pictures." Mm-hmm. Um. Chris sees uh, another... But, but first, we um, see Logan. Yeah, he sees he sees another black man, uh, Logan. Mm-hmm. He goes up to say hi. Uh, he's also acting strange. Yeah. And I feel like that must be... Like, you can almost feel like... You feel how relieved Chris is and how much he kind of relaxes when he sees Logan, mm-hmm. whose name is not actually Logan. Yeah. When he sees him and goes up to him and it's like, oh, thank God. And then how tense and unsettled he feels when he realizes there's something off about Logan, too. And you feel that. Yeah. Well, this white, this much older white woman comes up and introduces herself as Philomena. And she's apparently Logan's wife, which is strange because mm-hmm. Logan is pretty young. It's, I would say, what, maybe like a 25, 30-year-old man, and mm-hmm. she's easily 65, maybe even 70. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of strange. Um, the vibes he, are just off yeah. at this party. And it's this not is good. when he decides, okay, I need to get out of here. Yeah, and, and Chris, he meets this man who's sitting alone. His name is Jim Hudson. We find out he's an art dealer and he is blind. And in a past life, he was an ultimate dodgeball player. Mm-hmm. And he knows Chris's work. And they they <laughs> that went right over your head. No, what? He's from the movie Dodgeball. He's the old like legend guy. God, he says if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball those words don't mean anything oh my god anyway um, yeah well, he's a so blind art say, dealer though, very ironic right well he knows chris's work and and i really appreciate that they give us a moment here for dumb people that i really appreciate which is like oh jim hudson the art dealer yeah because then i know what's going on i mm-hmm. love that yeah uh but they they have a conversation chris goes inside this man seems to be the most realistic and down-to-earth person at this party he seems the most level-headed yes and so i think chris has a little bit of reprieve having a conversation with this blind art dealer man whose name i did not write down so i i know you just said it Mm -hmm. it went uh, jim hudson Mm -hmm. i just 
blind man. You didn't know his his name, but you knew the dodgeball thing. Yeah, I don't even remember the character's name in dodgeball. I don't even I don't even know what dodgeball is. It's a movie with Ben Stiller. It's literally a movie about dodgeball. How have you not seen? He's the owner of Globo Gym. The owner of what? Globo. Oh my god! Versus the average Joe's Vince Vaughn's in that movie. None of these words mean anything to me. Oh my. This is like. Well, this next episode is going to be dodgeball. <laughs> We're going to watch episode dodgeball. eight dodgeball coming out next week. Um, Chris goes back inside. He becomes very upset because he suspects that Georgina has unplugged his phone. He has no battery, and he wanted to talk to Rod. We also get the that before this happens, we get a creep, a uh, creepy. Um, scene where he goes upstairs he's going to find rose or talk get his phone to talk to rod or whatever and once he's upstairs everyone that's downstairs in the party stops and listens Mm -hmm. to all of his footsteps it's very creepy but chris charges his phone he calls rod and rod is not chill about the whole situation he's he's the only level-headed one who thinks the whole thing is weird as hell Mm -hmm. um and Georgina, after this conversation, comes in to explain that the phone accidentally came unplugged while she was cleaning, and she just didn't want to mess with it anymore. In the background of this conversation that he has with Georgina, there is a poster inside of the room, and it says, Chris is dead. On hmm. the poster in the background. That is interesting. Chris had told rose how he suspected that georgina was unplugging Mm -hmm. his phone and messing with his stuff and then coincidentally georgina comes in and apologizes chris kind of gets the like feeling that rose said something to georgina so he says that he apologizes he didn't mean to rat georgina out Mm -hmm. georgina Georgina gaslights him she's like i don't (laughs) and he's like yeah snitch and she's like tattletale so yeah, then Georgina gaslights him, says, I didn't unplug it, I, I, and it just kind of fell out. Instead of fiddling with it further, I just decided to let it be. He's like, all right, whatever, fucking weirdo. So they go back outside. They're having kind of... Well, people, Chris gets cornered Yeah, they're again. immediately just asking him a lot of inappropriate questions. Like, what's the African-American experience Do like? you think it is advantageous or do you think you have an advantage or disadvantage being black in America? Yeah, interesting question. And um, and he tries to, you know, throw the spotlight to, onto Logan. He tries to deflect the question. And, and <laughs> um, Chris is like, Logan, what, what's the African-American experience like? And Logan is like, I think it's been quite, what does he say? Quite good. Something like that. Quite excellent. <laughs> yeah. And but I um, can't say much about it because I've been too busy fucking this white <laughs> old lady, nasty. And while he's talking, Chris decides he wants to snap a picture of Logan, which seems like Fatal. something I would totally do. Except Fatal I don't. Th- I would hope that I wouldn't be so s- dumb as to forget that the flash is on. Yeah, and it sends Logan into a tizzy. He tries For some to reason, Chris. the flash like resets his like <laughs> nervous system, and he starts screaming at him to get out. And I love this actor who plays Logan slash whatever his name is Andre. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I don't remember his name because I'm terrible at remembering. I, I have 
very limited space and every once in a while I replace actors names with other actors names mm-hmm. and his name I don't remember but he's in a lot of stuff that I've seen he's a r- amazing actor and it's amazing how you can tell not just in his voice in his tone and in his afflect- in inflection and the way he carries himself how this is no longer Logan anymore this mm-hmm. is someone else mm-hmm. and Chris catches that because mm-hmm. Chris later says to Rose, like, I knew that guy. That guy that was yeah. coming at me, I knew him. Yeah. This Logan guy, I don't know. But that mm-hmm. guy who was coming at me, screaming at me to get out, I mm-hmm. knew that guy. Yeah, well, and they they try to blow it off by saying that he had a seizure. Mm-hmm. Um, which they're like, it's all good. It's fine. And he comes back. He gives this really strange apology. He's like, I am so sorry. And then he leaves with his wife. Logan's back to being weird. He leaves Chris and Rose decide to go on a little walk together. Yeah, this, I think, is Chris's breaking point. Um, And meanwhile, while they're out on their walk, Dean is back at the house, and they're holding a strange little silent auction situation. And we see that Chris is is being being auctioned. auctioned. So, and, and... Jim, but, uh, Jim... Hudson. Hudson. Why did I want to say something else? Okay, um, Jim Hudson, the art dealer, wins. So, um... Sold to the blind man. for Jim. Um, but, so now we know that this is a weird little slave neighborhood where they hypnotize and sell black people. Mm -hmm. So now we kind of, we have The pieces are starting to come together. The pieces are starting to come together. We're starting to get that there is something going on. We flash back mm-hmm. to, or not flashback, but we cut back to Chris and Rose's conversation that they're having. Chris is basically saying everything that he saw has been weird. He thinks that everyone's weird. He doesn't like the way he's feeling. He doesn't think that Logan had a seizure. His cousin's epileptic. He knows what a seizure is. That was not a seizure. Chris wants to go home. And, and- Rose is like, so you're going to leave me here. Mm-hmm. And he kind of does the whole like, yeah, if you won't come <laughs> yeah. with me, I will leave you here. But he continues to sit with her. Mm-hmm. Then later, Chris kind of vents about how, and I think this is, I th- I do, even though it's, I, I, I like this little bit of like exchange, like monologue sort of situation where Chris confides in rose that his mom had survived the initial hit of when she was hit by a car um if this is why he feels so guilty is that if he would have called when he knew that something was wrong then maybe she could have survived but because he did nothing she died cold and alone on the side of the road and so because of this he's not going to abandon rose he's not going to leave her here he will stay with her. And then Rose, somewhat surprisingly, because you kind of get this sense that maybe she's in on it, maybe she's not. She gets the sense of, or she says, let's go. Like, this mm-hmm. place fucking sucks. This whole thing sucks. They're obviously treating you weird. Let's go home. And obviously, I've seen this movie several times. I think you've even seen this movie mm-hmm. several times. But I know from the first time watching it, you have the sense of, like, Rose is kind of teetering on, like, could she be involved? Could she not? Yeah. Could she? Could she not? Mm -hmm. But because she's down to leave, I think this makes you tilt more towards 
no, she's not in on it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, so they're back at the house. Chris is, is kind of starting to pack his things, get ready to go. He sends a picture of Logan to Rod, mm-hmm. and Rod recognizes him as Dre, who is the man from the opening sequence of the movie. So we finally have our full circle moment. He's been missing for six months. Yes. His name so is Andre. His name is Andre, not Logan. And Rod says, these fucking white people are hypnotizing these black folks mm-hmm. and they're turning them into sex slaves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hilarious that Rod is supposed to be the comedic relief, obviously. Yeah. He's supposed to throw the outlandish idea, but it ends up being true. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's not solely for the purpose of being a sex slave, but that basically is true. Yeah, and Chris realizes, of course, this is bad news. So he's like, all right, Rose, we have to go now. And Rose is like, all right, let me go get my bag. Let me go get my stuff. Um, Chris starts throwing his things in a duffel bag, but he ends up going into this little closet Mm -hmm. that's in Rose's room. Part of me was kind of like, okay, dude, you are rushing to get out of there. Why are you stopping to look through Rose's things? get out leave this is the part where i'm like you're stupid you should leave Mm -hmm. but he obviously he feels drawn to this closet he needs to look through the stuff he opens it there's a little red like shoe box thing it has Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of pictures the first few ones are pictures of rose just when she was younger so no but so then yeah, they're, they're pictures yeah. with Rose when he was but younger. Then, and I think we forgot to mention this at the beginning, that Rose tells Chris that she was the, yes, he was the first he, black man that she ever dated. Yeah. And then he starts seeing all these pictures of Rose with a bunch of, of black men that mm-hmm. they look to be in a relationship. From the, mm-hmm. They're like posing, they're hugging, or they've got their arms around each other. And then we see... Pictures of Rose with Walter. Walter. And, and Georgina. Georgina. And, and so my yeah. question, here's my question, though. I do have a question on this. Do we think that Rose and Georgina were friends, or is Rose a bi-queen? I think Rose is a psycho fucking path. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm just I would saying, say bi-queen. She, well, she is in relationships with all these I people? decided to say bi-queen. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. I was just curious. Um, it doesn't in really In my get-out where they where Jordan Peele left this to my interpretation because I have yet I have yet to be told otherwise I am turning her into a bi queen. <laughs> yeah. I you have to cut this out, but I was just thinking how all of these all, like half of these sentences out of context sound so racist like Rose and a bunch of black people. <laughs> She's um, dating a bunch of black people. <laughs> and one of them is a woman. <laughs> So, so Chris is starting to realize that all the people Rose brings home are getting swiped and yeah. hypnotized and brainwashed. And so he's like, <laughs> we just need to go. He's like, I need to get out of this house and I will deal with Rose later. Yeah. So for me, this is the moment where it clicked in my head that Rose was involved. But I realized that it's not necessarily, it, that's not necessarily no, true. I, I, she yeah. may, no, she would have had to know, right? She would have had to know. Yeah, she, I feel like, because at first I was like, oh, well, maybe not, because 
but then they're but they're, she they're they servants. still look the same right they're servants that they're and then the guy's married to the old and they woman. have different so names so she'd have to know so she'd point. have to know i don't know why chris i mean i well, think he, I, maybe he wasn't thinking it, it's, it's a hard it's like a, this it's is weird i need to get out of yeah here. it's a stressful moment so maybe he wasn't fully thinking. well i think um, maybe she all he also was like oh she did date walter oh she did date georgina not thinking right. of a, like it's a lot to take mm-hmm. in at once so um, he's like rose get the keys and Rose she cannot find can't. The keys. She can't find the keys. Rose can't find the keys. She has a never. She has a Mary Poppins bag. She cannot find the keys. And he's like, "All right, let's do this on the go." Yep, let's go. They and head she's downstairs. Like, oh, okay. The whole family's sitting there waiting. <laughs> Jeremy's blocking the door like a weirdo. And he also has a lacrosse stick. Yeah, I, that guy. There's a lot of tension. Rose it's, still can't find the keys. Dean is there. Missy comes out. It's all looking very they're all ominous. They're saying these really cryptic things that mm-hmm. don't really matter really at all. And then Rose He says, well, sh- you kind of s- see Chris. Mm-hmm. Start to panic more and more. And start to realize that he's fucked. Yeah. And he looks at Cr- Rose and he kind of has tears in his eyes. And he's sweating. Mm-hmm. And he looks at her and he's like, Rose where are the keys and, and she, this is when you just see it like black and white mm-hmm. and she pulls her pulls hand out of her purse mm-hmm. opens her hand has the keys right mm-hmm. in her hand literally key ring around her finger had them in her hand the entire time He's, she says you know i can't give you the keys right babe it's so good <laughs> it's a good line i this is the moment that like i when we were watching, I haven't watched this movie in a really long time, mm-hmm. but watching it while I was, this is the moment that brought me back to that employee screening where I think almost every single person that was in that theater, we were all like, oh, fuck you, Rose. <laughs> like, God fucking damn. And it was one of, even like not even employee screenings going, because when I would serve, mm-hmm. you'd go into the movie like during the, like you'd go into the theater during the movie. Yeah. And you'd hear those audience reactions to mm-hmm. that moment of her pulling the keys out and being like, you know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? Yeah. And you'd just hear people being like, oh, God. Because I think you just, you're, well, you, this movie does such a good job of, you are Chris. Yeah. You, 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 even me, a white person, mm-hmm. I, you, regardless of who you are, like, you, you are, you are Chris. You feel right. that tension, and you have that little bit of hope of like, mm-hmm. please, Rose, like please, 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 like let's well, go. Up to this point, they seem to have a good relationship. Yeah, and, she seems and great. You just Chris needs a win at this point, and he doesn't mm-hmm. get it, and it's really and sad. Y- and you you kind of hold out hope that maybe Rose is that one person that you know she stuck up for him with that cop. Mm-hmm. She's gonna stick up for him now. And then it's um, just absolutely ripped away from you. Yeah, she doesn't. And Chris runs toward Jeremy, but Missy has implanted a trigger word on him to be hypnotized just immediately. Um, so is it a trigger word, or does she? Because doesn't tr- she have the uh, thing? Doesn't she tap her her teacup? I thought it was a trigger word, but maybe it is the teacup. But one way or another, she's able to hypnotize him instantly. Maybe um, she says sink. 
I don't know. I, th- I thought she yeah. tapped the teacup. But remember. anyway, either way, he's immediately, he's right back to the mm-hmm. sunken place. And he wakes up tied to a chair in a strange room, what I'm, I, I believe is the basement underneath mm-hmm. the house is what I think it is, right? Um, but he, he, he can't get out. He's trying he's to in the get out. Place. Yeah, he can't. Um, he watches this weird video presentation. Well, first of all, Rod does some own re- his of his own research because he is T.S. motherfucking A. And he does some research. And this is when we get the confirmation that Andre is a missing person. He was abducted and no one's found him. And then we cut back to the weird recorded video where this kind of makes it like, oh shit, this is like a legitimate rehearsed, like polished thing. They have yeah. a recorded like production. Yeah. Where it's sort of, it's the grandpa, it's the eldest Armitage man mm-hmm. um, talking Roman about, Roman Armitage, mm-hmm. talking about the coagula experiment, mm-hmm. which pretty much is like a transplantation of like mind and body mm-hmm. sort of thing. They take the, is it they take the brain out of like the old white shriveled person and then put it it's a in... it's a transplant basically yeah. it's a brain transplant yeah. and um yeah so now yeah. she's kind of like oh fuck and now we kind of we we get the gist of like uh-huh. okay what's happening well we cut back to rod rod's gone to the police he tries to report chris as missing i love rod so much rod is a um, good friend He's such a good friend. He tries to report this conspiracy about Dre being found as Logan. The police don't care. Rod is the best character in this movie because Rod is a good person and the police make fun of him and he's still trying to figure out what happens. Also, I wish I had a a friend. I wish I had (laughs) just one friend. This Rod is so... I wish I had a friend. Rod seems so nice. Just a fun fact. The police officer's name that he reports this uh, conspiracy sex slave theory to, her name is LaToya Peel. Oh, okay. Cool. Anyways. Yeah, but she's a jerk because she makes fun of him. Yeah. Which is not cool. Um... But Rod keeps, he keeps trying. He keeps calling Chris. Um, He's doing his research. He's got, like, notes. He's taking notes. He is a good friend. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, I think he calls Chris. He calls Chris and Rose answers the phone. Um, And makes up the story. Says that Chris got paranoid and left and left the phone. Took an Uber. Rod is smart, so he starts recording. Well, first of all, Rose is pretending to sound panicked on the phone. She's not, but she's sitting completely straight in the chair. Mm -hmm. No expression on her face, whatsoever. And she's a fucking freak. And Rod is smart. Rod puts her on mute. Decides he wants to record the conversation, but Rose is just a little bit smarter. Obviously, she's done this several times mm-hmm. before. So they play on something that happened near the beginning of the movie where they joke about how Rod and Rose kind of have this weird, like, oh, you secretly love me. Mm-hmm. And she kind of does that for real, where she's like, I know that you've just been staring at me and you, mm-hmm. like, want me so bad. And mm-hmm. basically makes him super uncomfortable to where he hangs up the phone. Yeah. Um... 
But we we sort of switch back after that scene to Chris on a live video feed. With, it's like an old-timey FaceTime. Yeah, it's weird. With Jim, the art dealer, mm-hmm. who is on like a live call. He's in a hospital bed in a hospital gown. He's getting ready. Um, he reveals that he will be receiving the transplant from Chris, and he wants his eyes um, because Chris has, has a really good eye, eye for photography. Yeah. I also just want to take a moment to uh, point out some, like, I guess, imagery. Obviously, there's, like, the very blatant auctioning off of a black man. There are his leather binds that he uh-huh. has. He's bounded with leather binds. And something else that happens a little bit later. But basically, Chris will be in the sunken place. Uh-huh. And the blind, the blind man, Jim Hudson, will control the body yeah. uh-huh then the video feed changes to that damn cup clanking again and chris is out he's mm-hmm. asleep he's hypnotized um dean is is i wrote apparently a surgeon also because yeah, i was they, surprised they, but then i remembered that they say earlier he's, he's a, a neurosurgeon. neurosurgeon but he's getting ready to perform this transplant on on chris and jim and he just like slices jim's entire brain open which i'm not a surgeon but that seems like something he you don't do until you have the transplant item yeah ready i think to go. it seems a little premature it yeah but, you it, know it seems he got uh, excited um but that's he's the fine. neurosurgeon not me so jeremy heads in to pick up chris but chris is smart he had Ripped plugged his ears, ears. He so, ripped open mm-hmm. the uh, cushioning, which is cotton. Interesting. Which is another image mm-hmm. for us where it's cotton that actually saves him. Yeah, that's it's an good... image to uh, picking cotton. He literally yeah. has to pick cotton out yeah. of the chair and put it in his ears in yeah. order to survive. Um, but yeah, he but plugged he's his able ears. to sneak up behind mm-hmm. Jeremy and knock him out, which what's is a, sick. What's like, what, a bocce ball? What is yeah, that? Yeah, it's like, it's like a ball of some kind. Yeah, it's, yeah, so, and then he's on a roll. So then, you know, Jeremy's knocked out, and then he... he Charges through the hallway uh-huh. with that big antler head. Deer antlers, and he, he just stabs Dean right in the neck. That's a very unique weapon to have for yeah. self-defense, and I don't know what exactly went through Chris's head to where he's like, you know what, out of all the things that I could possibly grab, I'm going to grab this big, lumpy, <laughs> like, it, bust of a deer. It works, though. Yeah, and it works great. This scene kind of gave me the shivers because Dean starts bleeding out of his mouth, and I don't like that. Yeah, he's he's gurgling, he's struggling, he falls back into the operating room, and eventually something catches on fire. So now the house is on fire. Um... He, uh, Chris stumbles downstairs. I think he's kind of just trying to find a way out. He's trying to get out. Huh? He's trying to get out. And we stumble upon Missy. And Missy runs for that cup. Mm-hmm. She wants the cup to hypnotize him again. I also want to say that the cup, like another image, mm-hmm. um, she has a silver spoon. That's how she controls people with her silver spoon. It's like if you're if you have a silver spoon, it's like you have everything handed to you. It's privilege. Privilege. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. She has. She's being. She's able to control people with the fact that she has privilege. Yeah. Which was also a really good thing. Anyways, she doesn't have her cup. She dives for the cup, and Chris pretty much just swats it. He's like he breaks you. it. He breaks, breaks it. it. Smart man. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Missy, they, they kind of squabble. Missy puts a knife through his hand. And Chris takes it like a G. Which is horrifying. I hated that. Um, I, I've said this before. I don't, I'm There's not. so in... many little bones and tendons. I Ugh. feel like that would be the most painful place ever. And he just takes it and he ends up using that same knife mm-hmm. to like, I'm assuming like slit her throat. Yeah, no, I didn't like it. I, I've said this. I, I'm not, I'm not impressed by gore. I don't love it. I know, I realize it's just, mm-hmm. it's a part of horror, but I, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, Jeremy, of course, was not dead. He was just knocked out. So he comes back in the picture and they're fighting. They're fighting too. And another like very fun detail is Chris tries to open the door and Jeremy closes it. Uh-huh. Chris tries to open the door again. Jeremy kicks it shut with his foot. Uh-huh. And because, you know, three steps ahead, Chris always is. Just like, you know, how Jeremy is in jujitsu. Uh-huh. The third time Chris tries to open the door, Jeremy puts his leg up to kick it. And Chris takes that as an opportunity to stab him. like Basically right in the kneecap, it looked like. Yeah, there's a lot of knives going straight into people's limbs, which I don't love, even if they deserve it. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Rose is eating Fruit Loops. <laughs> but like a deconstructed <laughs> bowl of cereal. Rose is, yeah. Rose is eating a deconstructed bowl of cereal. She has Fruit Loops <laughs> and a tiny little glass bowl and then a tall glass of milk. And she's <laughs> chewing on, she's picking up individual Fruit Loops eating them and then yeah, taking like a sip of milk it's weird she is a fucking psychopath and <laughs> i also she's doing research on like the top and and a double n double acp like basketball players I yeah think it is, yeah which is like oh my god um, and um i just this seems like a good time to say that um allison williams who plays rose she actually during scenes where she had to play this like unhinged version of rose mm-hmm during between breaks and or between takes and during breaks she'd have to isolate herself completely Mm -hmm. in order to stay in that mindset because she had such good relationships and friendships with everyone in the cast that she literally had to keep herself extremely isolated in order to stay in that same mindset of being an absolute fucking freak yeah she did a really (laughs) good job because it's very unsettling so basically chris takes a jeremy's keys Mm -hmm. steals his car and on his way out he hits grandma yeah he hits georgina he hits georgina and of course because he's a good guy he gets out to go he goes back for her which doesn't leave her on the side of the road and gives rose time to hear what has happened um and then chris is driving away georgina's in the passenger seat she wakes back up she's just immediately fight or flight mm-hmm. starts to scream that you ruined my house yeah and it and attacks chris and um, they which crash makes him crash the car so lesson learned don't do nice things save yourself and georgina goes flying through the window and she's dead mm-hmm. and um when chris comes to rose has caught up with them along with walter um who is grandpa rose is shooting at chris Mm -hmm. not a very good shot he tries to run away but he's obviously very injured at this point yeah and and right as walter is about to really fuck chris up 
he snaps a picture of him. Chris snaps a picture mm-hmm. of him because he's a smart man. Mm-hmm. And the flash goes off, of course, which triggers him. Um, so Walter, uh, or Grandpa, up. takes the gun from Rose. He's like, let me do let it. Me do let me do it. kill him. Um, but then he just shoots Rose right yeah. in the stomach. Well, it's because it's no longer Walter. It's whatever right. the, it's his now, name is that... Uh, I don't think well, we ever learn his name, do we? No, it's it's no longer Roman. It's now Walter. Oh, his name is Walter? Roman is the grandpa. So the guy's name is Walter. I assume so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but anyway, um, then he, he shoots, kills himself. Yeah. Which is himself. just, now this is a very unfortunate situation because now Chris is looking very guilty. Yeah. Um, Rose is still alive, but barely. She's still fighting. She says that she's sorry and that she Mm -hmm. loves him and she's trying to do anything. She's manipulating him like she always has. And he starts to strangle her. Uh And then she smiles Uh because she's a fucking creep. And he stops. And he decides not to. And just as he kind of lets up, you see flashing lights. You're like, God fucking damn it the cops are here and rose starts yelling for help 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 me so chris stands up he puts his hands up puts his and this is the air. moment where you're like he's fucked mm-hmm. and turns out it's not the police it's, it's the rod. ts motherfucking a it's rod the homie i wrote down i heart rod he chris kind of just silently gets up gets in the passenger seat Rod has his, he's got to have his I told you so moment. What a good friend. He's, <laughs> I mean, I told you not to go in that house. Yeah. And Chris is like, how did you find me? How did you know? And he's like, I'm the TS, motherfucking A. We get shit done. So, and, and this, this is essentially the end of the movie. There's an alternate Well, ending. I also like to point out that Rose dies in the middle of the street alone yes. mm-hmm. and cold. Mm-hmm. Just like his mom. Yep. And we did, surprisingly, without even really knowing, what we had rented came with an alternate ending. I, b- before that, what I was going to say is, do we think they ever went back to save Dre slash Logan? Oh, maybe. Because Walter and Georgina both died. Mm-hmm. So there's no saving them. Mm-hmm. But... Dre was not in that house that I'd burned. like I'd like to think that Rod and Chris like once they Chris kind of heals back up they, they do some research him. they went back for Logan they flashed him with the camera and then you know yeah I I hope so yeah well so anyway but this alternate ending um is is sad um this alternate ending was actually the original ending mm-hmm. So we had we got a bonus like alternate ending, but it was also a commentary. Um, so this was supposed to be the original ending, um, but so I guess we'll just say it. So in uh, the original ending, Chris was going to strangle Rose to death. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose would die. The cops would come, and it would actually be the cops. It would you know kind of cut to black, and then six months later you see Rod visiting Chris in prison. And because he obviously was in a really shitty situation, the house is burnt down, all the evidence is gone, he's pretty much stuck. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Chris tells Rod that who has, because he's a homie, has been fighting to get him out. Chris basically tells him, you're fighting a losing battle. You're not going to win this. It's over. Let it go. Mm-hmm. And pretty much Chris is the martyr of this situation. Jordan Peele makes this comment of how, you know, he he's the martyr of the situation, but he beat the dragon. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he beat his own demons. That moment that he, you know, goes back for Georgina is kind of him doing something when he didn't do something with his mom. Yeah. Regardless of whether he knew Georgina was good or bad, mm-hmm. you know, that's that redemption arc. He yeah. did something. It's like, you know, trauma therapy for him. You know, and that little bit is good, but he also still kind of gets that in this, the ending ending. And I think the ending ending I like a lot more than the original ending. I think so, too. I mean, I Well, the alternate ending. The alternate ending that was originally supposed to be the original ending. Yeah, I think I I like, I you know, I love a good happy ending. Um, I think when it comes to these movies that are sort of political commentary, I think they can't always have a happy ending. Like, I thought of that movie Queen and Slim, which... Oh, yeah. Daniel Kaluuya is also in that one. Yeah, which has a horrifying, but probably realistically more accurate, frankly, ending. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think those types of endings are important, but... I don't know. I mean, I think, of course, like, the, the movie takes on a whole different vibe, right? If they mm-hmm. had kept the alternate ending. Like, if they had kept the alternate ending, it would be much harder to sit here and talk about it on a podcast and be like, haha, yeah, they're funny, like, yeah. comedy, you know, like, horror. And not that it's a comedy, but it would be a lot harder to sit here and talk about it in even a remotely lighthearted way. Not that, like, hopefully this podcast doesn't come across necessarily as completely lighthearted but um but it 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 take the movie takes on a whole different meaning right and I think I don't know I I I think yeah I think the alternate ending would have made it a very different type of movie and so I personally am glad they went for the ending that that they did I'm I'm glad that Chris made it out and that he didn't go to jail i mean Um, we there could literally be we could do a whole a whole ass podcast just on get out there are actual college courses dedicated to analyzing and talking about the themes and you know the iconography that is in get out just this specific movie yeah so it's it's amazing it's a great movie. It makes you feel things. And regardless of whether, like, whatever, wherever you come from, however you were raised, the color of your skin, you feel something from this movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it forces you to really, it forces you to feel something. Well, I want to read some funny letterbox reviews. Cool. This one comes from Kathy. She rated this four stars and she liked the movie. She said, um, people say... People say white people have no culture, but did you see the bingo and turtlenecks? Check and mate, sweetie. <laughs> this is from Poppy. She rated four stars. She said, the scariest moment in the movie was when the woman separated the milk from the cereal. <laughs> True. 
This comes from Haley. Four stars liked the movie. Said, I immediately knew something about this family was up as soon as the dad pronounced garbage as garbage. <laughs> what is going on there, dude? True. Okay, so how would you rate this movie overall? Oh, I mean, I mean, my simple brain, a 10. I don't see any reason to give it lower than a 10, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would say five stars, I'd give it a 10. Yeah. Scariness, I'd probably give it like a 7. I mean, I think it's terrifying in terms of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> of. I think it does a very good... I think, you know, Jordan Peele is very skilled in horror. I think he's yeah. great at horror. He understands horror on a deeper level other than just like, ah, jump scare. Mm-hmm. And it's tense. It's creepy. It makes you think. And I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But in a sort of like, ah, scary... Yeah. It's a seven. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's I still very, very, very good. And it still yeah. scared me. I agree. I feel the same way. It rem- it reminds me a little bit of The Purge. Just the sort of like the the way it's... Um, it's, a, it's a social commentary, right? It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's a... Yeah, it's meant to sort of... Like, I always... I always want to say satirical but that's not really what it's not satire it's Mm -mm. just um it's like calling out something that's fucked up right yeah anyways well my name's taylor by the way i'm kayla we can you can we have an instagram you can follow us on there at speak of the devil pod we sometimes do polls we're trying to do like I think what we're going to try to do is, like, one episode Kayla picks, one episode I pick, and then another one we'll do a poll on our Instagram, probably. Um, that's where we're the most active. We tried to do it for this one, but all of you just were, it was an even split. It was literally 25% across the board, so we just picked Get Out. Actually, we randomly picked Get we Out. We did a random number generator, yeah. yeah. So we did a random generator, and we got Get Out. Um, so... Follow us on Instagram to be a part of the next poll at Speak of the Devil Pod. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Speak Devil Pod. Ow, ow! We post new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Well, thank you for listening. We're not scared of anything. Are you? <laughs> <laughs>